Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Valley Naval Gazing, a weekly talk show brought to you by ValleyIndy.org and WNHH 103.5, New Haven's community radio station. I'm Eugene Driscoll of ValleyIndy.org, and joining me, as always, is Valley Indy reporter Ethan Fry. What's going on? Nothing. Today, we're going to be talking about the Naugatuck Valley Relay for Life, a fundraiser for the American Cancer Society. The Naugatuck Valley Relay for Life is taking place in Shelton at the Shelton Riverwalk, June 11th at 2 p.m. For a ton more information about the Relay for Life, search Facebook or Google using the term Naugatuck Valley Relay for Life. But before we start talking to our guest, I wanted to remind people that another fundraiser is coming up May 3rd and May 4th. It's called The Great Give, an online giving event for hundreds of nonprofit groups in the Valley and greater New Haven and beyond. ValleyIndy.org is one of the groups benefiting. This is the one time a year we ask you to throw a few bucks to the Valley Independent to keep us going. But we're going to work for that donation. The Valley Indy is planning a 36-hour webcast starting 8 a.m. May 3rd and ending 8 p.m. May 4th. During that time, we will interview at least a dozen other nonprofit groups live on a webcam. No sleep, no sharing. No real leaving the office. More importantly, you'll learn who these nonprofits are, what they do, and how your money will help them. So be sure to go to valleyindy.org May 3rd and May 4th. So I've thrown out the word fundraiser like a hundred times so far into this broadcast. And fundraisers are happening all the time for every conceivable cause. But probably none are more powerful than the annual Relay for Life. And it happens all over the United States. And I think, my opinion, that's because the people affected by cancer show up to the events, and the focus is on the people. With that being said, our guest today is Casey Quake, the chairman of the Naugatuck Valley Relay for Life. So, Casey, first of all, thank you very much for coming here. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Just before we hit the record button, and I think slightly after I screwed up our first recording and Mm -hmm. started over... You had mentioned you just work, what, 16 hours straight? So Yeah, I'm a full-time paramedic for the city of Norwalk. There you go. Okay. So, again, yeah, thanks for taking the time yeah, out. No problem. For this. So, let's get right to it. Casey, why are you involved in the, in the Relay for Life? Uh, when I was younger, my father was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, and when I was 14, he passed away in 2001. Uh, he was a teacher at Ansonia High School. My mother was a teacher at Shelton, uh, at Mohegan Elementary School in Shelton. Uh, so the valley, you know, is, it hits home for me. Uh, cancer obviously hits home for me. And I continue to take care of patients every day that are affected by this disease. And uh, it's something that I'm really passionate about. It's something I wanted to be involved in. And when did you first get involved in the Relay for Life? Uh, when I was in high school, I started to do Relay, not here, uh, but at another Relay. And then uh, this past year uh, was my first real year being involved in the Naugatuck Valley Relay, and I uh, offered to step up as chairman this year. So it's been a, it's been a challenge. It's a, it's a great event, and it's a lot of hard work, and there are a lot of very dedicated volunteers that put a lot of time and effort into this. So I'm, I'm very happy to be able to work with them. And one of the things that Ethan and I were talking about earlier, in, in like years past, uh, we've been approached by Relay for Life to, to sort of do stories mm-hmm. or, or, or to cover it in some way. And it's difficult, uh, and that's that's why this podcast is a great thing because we can talk to you, people can hear it directly from somebody as opposed to us trying to figure it out and, and then write it. it. 
it's a thing that it's bigger than any publication. It's almost one of those things you, you have to be there to experience to truly you know, literally feel uh, what it's like. Yeah, it's a it's an event all its own. You know, you'll in that uh, that time period. It's an overnight event. You know, we go from two p.m. on the eleventh until eight a.m. on the twelfth. Uh, you know, we're constantly walking around the track. There's tears. There's laughter. There's you know, every every emotion you could imagine is experienced by the the participants, the staff, the volunteers that are there that day. So it's a, absolutely awesome event. It's a, it's an experience in and of itself. And you had said you were, you were not involved in this particular one last year. Or you were. If I was uh, at Nagasaki Valley last year, but I was also when I was in high school. I was involved in another relay for life. So. And is there anything that stands out last year, uh, the, the either the most moving or just whatever jumps out from uh, last year? Just that year? it's a family. Uh, you know, this, and, and that's one thing that I experienced here that I had not experienced at, at the other relays that I've participated in, in that um, this group of, of volunteers, of caregivers, of survivors, everyone that's involved in this event, it, they're one big family and they care and they care about each other like no one else does. Um, and that's being a part of that, being, you know, that, that figurehead, the chairman of that event, you know, and it is just an immense sense of pride and accomplishment that these individuals, um, everyone from people who walk off the street, you know, to, to walk a lap or to, to take a look at the event, Everyone's involved and, and everyone's passionate and everyone wants to be there and, and be part of this. And, and that's just amazing. And I guess just from as an observer watching what the Relay for Life people do leading up to the event, I mean, just logistically, there's a like, what are you doing every day? And obviously you're not getting paid for this. This is uh, something you volunteer to do. What goes, what goes on behind the scenes to make this happen? Uh, there's an entire committee uh, everything from folks who handle uh, operations to folks who handle fundraising and publicity. You know, Emily, who you spoke to, who's our publicity chair. Um, there's just people doing everything, everything that you could imagine from you know, organizing fundraisers to making flyers to getting porta potties and recycling bins. You know, everything that happens at that at the event that day is planned and organized by this this amazing group that I keep mentioning. Yeah, let's talk about some of the people that are involved. I mean, uh, you're going to forget people, so we'll just say that yeah, uh, uh, up uh, front, but I know there's a, there's a lot of people. There are there are a ton of people and, and you know, not even I I couldn't even start to mention them. There's just that many people that are involved. You know, we have people from every walk of life, from every organization in the valley and beyond, you know, people who have heard great things about our relay and come to us from other relay for life uh, events uh, just because they want to be part of this and you know it's it's funny because we say that you know let, let's talk about these people and and i don't think i could do them justice uh, you know without without having some type of grandiose <laughs> event to kind of recognize every one of them and and even then you know like i said it's there's not, I guess I'm trying to think of how to phrase it because there's not uh, any one person that's responsible for this. Mm. You know, like I said, that family environment really carries all the way through our committee. You know, it's a, uh, we laugh together, we cry together, we get angry at each other, we get, you know, we have great times with each other. It's, it's this big family that we, um, 
that we all work together on this event. And even people who aren't able to participate beforehand, like you were saying, you know, there's a ton of work that goes into this leading up to it. But then the people that show up that day, you know, everyone from my mother last year who, you know, obviously she was affected by this and, and other family members and friends of mine. And, and I can only imagine that exists for everyone else. But, you know, they showed up and, you know, they're on the they're on the grill cooking food or they're, you know, walking laps or, you know, whatever it is, running to do this or to do that. There's just there's so many people that are involved in making this happen that, that everyone, um, you know, I'm like with any event, you know, even stuff you guys do here, you know, I'm sure that, you know, the public sees this, the one, you know, the one staple, but they don't realize the, the giant, you know, um, organized catastrophe, I guess you could That's call a great it phrase. that yeah, occurs yeah, yeah. to make that one event happen. And, you know, we say it every year in that, um, you know, mistakes happen. And, and last year we, we forgot the kickball and we forgot the knife to cut the watermelon. So people were running all over trying to get these things, but nobody but us sees that. And, and that's just a true testament to the work that these volunteers put into the event. And, you know, the, the motivation behind that being our survivors, our caregivers and, and our patients that are currently going through the battle. Um, and that's, and then the other the event the other aspect of this if if you look at the relay for life uh official page there and it's very easy to get if you just google uh relay for life it's the first one that pops up on the american cancer society website i mean as of this recording 25 teams 193 participants and correct me if i'm wrong hopefully no you're good you're right (laughs) have raised uh fourteen thousand nine hundred and fifty eight dollars so you're just shy of fifteen thousand dollars and we're talking this event is about two months out or a month out i guess uh yeah a month and yeah, change right about there wow so how do people give and actually this morning we are up to fifteen thousand eight dollars and 55 cents how does that happen newest number um we have again it's this it's this powerhouse of volunteers uh, you know folks posting facebook messages and and soliciting family and friends and the you know, we all kind of we all, we laugh about it because we uh, it gets annoying. You know, our, at least our our perception of it is that you know we feel bad because you know, for example, this year I'm swimming across the sound as a as a fundraiser. You know, the St. Vincent's does that as well, and I'm swimming with a team of folks from uh, EMS agencies in the region, and it's one day I'm asking for a relay for life. And the next day I'm asking for swim across the sound. And the next mm-hmm. day I'm asking for another cause that I, that I take part in. And it's, I've noticed consistently that with relay for life, it's much less of an ask. It's just kind of, Hey guys, this is happening. Can you help me out? And people are more than willing and, and consistently impress me by the donations that they make. Uh, you know, we understand that everyone's got hardships and that everyone, you know, everyone has something going on in life or some unexpected expense that, that comes up. And the, the overwhelming generosity that people show during this event is, is just spectacular. And which, on the other hand, it, it's depressing because cancer is everywhere. Yeah. That's know? the thing. And that's one of the, you know, kind of to what you had said before, one of the things that really moves me and, and drives me to participate in this event is that it is every day. Um, and especially here in the Valley where we had yeah. higher uh, breast cancer rates Absolutely. Uh, than other places. So yeah, There's just so many 
so many people, everyone, every individual in some way, shape, or form is tied to this disease. Uh, whether you know someone who fought or, or you know someone who is fighting, uh, everyone's affected by it. And I think that that's really why we do so well in our event and, and why we're able to fundraise like this. And you know, every dollar goes to, to some facet of supporting this, you know, this cause. And, uh, you know, from driving patients back and forth to appointments, uh, you know, from providing them with um, caregiver assistance. And, you know, there's just, just the list goes on of what we do research and, and, and government support through our uh, ACS CAN, which is our uh, governmental advocacy network. Um, you know, it, it's just, an, it's a really great cause. And I think that people know that. And, and, to your point, it is, it's kind of off-putting, you know, that this many people are affected by something. But at the same time, there's that you know, kind of that person lifting you up from, from behind kind of saying, you know, we're, we're still here and we're supporting you. And, mm. and as terrible as this is, and we know that it's terrible and we know that it affects everyone, it's, it's something that we're all going to stand behind and we're going to, you know, fight one fight and fight it together. And, and you said you're, and correct me if I'm wrong again, I apologize. You had just said this, but you're an EMT? I'm a paramedic. Paramedic, yep. okay. Uh, now, you know, Ethan and I, as reporters, you, and, and we do a lot of, you know, so we listen to the scanner all the time, and we, we try to respond. We actually show up at events, which I guess is, I mean, events. We show up at, uh, if, if, if it warrants Incidents. it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, and we, th the thing about, like, paramedics and the EMS service in general, because of the HIPAA laws, you don't. You can read quotes from firemen all the time and from police officers all the time, but not so much uh, uh, EMS. Uh, and where I'm going with this, to me, it is a fascinating job because it's one of those jobs. I mean, I could never, ever do it. Yeah. And I just don't understand how people can. I'm just not the type. I can't do it. I would freeze. Uh, I would. It would just. There's no way. Uh, and I'm wondering where that comes from in you um i laugh because you know people we have this conversation with people all the time um you know ems week is coming up which is the national push for ems support um and we constantly have this conversation with people of, you know how do you do it or and it's um, it's like a quiet industry i mean it should pay more uh, without a doubt, you know, I looked into that. And if you think EMS, I'm going to need another 48 minutes for that. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's retiring. I mean, the one job that, that, you know, it's like journalism and EMS and it, it's a weird, like you're it, hard they, pressed they, to find someone in, in this industry that doesn't work at least two jobs. Right. To yeah. Ends meet. So why do you do it? Um, my father, you know, I, I, um, I have a very fortunate opportunity to also be an educator. Uh, so I teach, initial EMT and paramedic courses. And I always tell my students, um, you have to remember why you do this. And there's a reason that we all do it because at the end of a long shift, um, last night I worked a three month old in cardiac arrest. Um, so at the end of those days, there has to be a reason that you come back to work. And for me, that reason is, you know, when I was younger, I watched my father fall or I watched him struggle to breathe or I watched him getting chemo in the house and you know, having a reaction to the chemo and the firefighters, the paramedics, the police officers, those first responders that came through the door to me as a young child. And I don't know that I necessarily came to that realization 
during that time period. But now um, I want to be the individual that gets to give their to give a child or, or a wife or a brother, sister, whomever, one more day with a family member. And that's something that I'm able to do. And not a lot of people are. Not a lot of people can say that a life, a life has been saved in their hands. Um, and that's just an unreal feeling, an unreal experience. Um, you know, something that, like you said, a lot of people can't do. Um, you know, the job's not for everyone, the, the hours, the pay, um, you know, I know people that work everywhere from California to, to Connecticut. You know, I know people across the country that do this job and, and the, the sentiment exists unanimously in that it, not everyone can do this job, but those of us that do, we're, 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 we're a breed of our own and we, we will keep coming back because it's what we love to do. Uh, you know, people have asked me time and time again, why don't you go to medical school or why don't you go to PA school or, you know, why did you leave? I had a career before I came into <laughs> EMS full time. And why did you leave that? What career? was that career? For I you? worked for the YMCA. Okay. Um, so you know, people ask consistently. I was, I was a senior program director for the Y. I, I did quite a bit of work for them and I loved what I did there as well. But there was something that that I wasn't getting from that. So it's a calling. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah, it really is. It's a calling. It's a as opposed we, as opposed to journalism, which is a curse. <laughs> but I mean, that's my, my journalism, humor. we you, <laughs> calling to a curse. We, uh, you know, I keep using this term family, but it's the same thing in, in, in emergency services. It's a brotherhood, and you know, we stand behind each other day in and day out, and you know, every day we're with each other. You know, we're working with the police department, the fire department. Uh, other members of emergency services, and it really is. It's a calling. It's a family. And uh, I'm Eugene Driscoll. You're listening to Valley Naval Gazing on 103.5 WNHH, New Haven's community radio station. We're also streaming live at valleyindy.org and newhavenindependent.org. And we're talking with Casey Quake, a Shelton resident, yes. who is, thank you, is the chairman of the Naugatuck Valley Relay for Life. Uh, and before I completely slip into to dementia here, uh, this is the second podcast we're recording today, so I'm sorry I keep uh, forgetting things. But let's talk for a minute. We'll, we'll take a, a break from the conversation, and then we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. Let's go over the most read stories of the week, Ethan. And Casey, you feel free to, to weigh in. This is uh, your chance to be uh, Ed McMahon to Ethan's Johnny Carson, Robin Quivish. The local uh, local Valley pundit here. Uh, number f- These are the most read va- uh, stories of the week off valleyindy.org. Number five, this was uh, published on April 21st. Owner of downtown properties files for bankruptcy. That's a story of, out of Ansonia. Uh, I wonder what that's going to mean for the timeline with redevelopment uh, across the street here on well exactly Sonia. yeah there's uh, bankruptcies can just drag on right yeah yeah and there was uh the one of the properties was uh in foreclosure but when the person files for bankruptcy that sort of automatically stops the foreclosure uh so there's another court date april 26th so we'll see what happens then but it'll be interesting because the city wants to get moving on that stuff and I should just say we're, we're we record we're recording this in Ansonia. Oh yeah, that's the train. And that's that, the, yeah, the, we're we're directly across from the, the Ansonia good old trains. Waterbury line. The the just which so wonder know. what. 
cars around there today. The, there's the, the like the Connecticut Yankee that seems to be fairly consistent. I have no idea. Uh, I, I like the names on the cars. Anyway, uh, number four, uh, shots fired in Derby. That happened uh, Thursday, April 21st as well. Uh, didn't get much info on that, but uh, people are interested in reading what info we did have. Uh, number three, uh, another story out of Derby, a uh, robbery at the Derby Walmart uh, where the police sent out a, a picture from a surveillance camera that was shared a lot yesterday as well, or Thursday, April 21st as well. Uh, number two, Waterbury Man faces charges after drug raid. That was a story out of Ansonia on Howard Avenue. There was a raid there last week. And the number one story by far, Ansonia Nature Center Playground is no more. That happened Tuesday. Uh, the playground at the Ansonia Nature Center off Deerfield Lane, which was built as a community effort in 1991. Uh, a child sustained a pretty nasty injury there uh, last week. So the city had it inspected, and the building inspector deemed it unsafe. So they demolished it Tuesday. And there's like there's like a lot of there's backlash happening yeah, yeah. now over that because now people are asking, well, why did you wreck it so quickly? I think it's probably a story we have to follow up on. Maybe we can get Mayor Cassetti to talk about it. He he comes in regularly on this podcast, mm. but uh, just to throw out some stats on that. We posted that on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Valley Independent Sentinel, April 19th at 1.04 p.m. It reached 22,000 people. It was shared 214 times. About uh, 100 people reacted to it. Most of the reactions on Facebook were, uh, uh, I'm sorry, crying faces, and angry faces, mm. but a couple of random thumbs up. And so apparently the, it had a couple of haters. Uh, but that really, really touched a nerve. And it's one of those things, like, if I could, I mean, now I can predict what the most read stories are. People like negative news. It's just the yeah, way yeah. it is. I, uh, it's yeah, just I human was... nature. But that one was, you know, that, that was a thing, like, that really took me by surprise how yeah, popular. Yeah, me too, yeah. Because I, I was, I was going to... We're not from here. I was going to post that to my, you know, personal Facebook page and be like, you know, if, if you... If you if all you're interested in is page views, you know, Call cover up. cover car accidents, yeah. uh, business closings, not openings, closings. Uh, what else? Uh, you know, but but add sudden playground closings to the uh, to the uh, to the list of Pit things bulls, you should cover. Any story that has the headline, yeah, or Pit yeah, bull. or missing pets. Any any story that involves any sort of domesticated animals will will also be very popular. But, uh, yeah, and those comments are all over the place, you know, and there's a GoFundMe page. If you search uh, uh, Ansonia Playground, you can probably find it. I'm looking it up right now. Ansonia Nature Center Playground. It's, uh, oh, it's only raised, as of this, about $1,300 of, of 10000 Okay, and there's a link to that fundraiser site in our story, too, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Or if you go fundme.com, just type in Ansonia Nature Center Playground. You can get it that way. But uh, some of the comments, I mean, one, this is an Alyssa, uh, all because of a crybaby parent. Accidents happen. Ouch. But yeah. uh, they were they were all over the place. So, you know, it's a story with legs, amazingly. It's going on. So uh, anyway, that's it. Uh, Casey, did you ever play in the uh, playground at the Ansonia Nature Center? Was that a, or Shelton, you didn't really? Uh, I, have, I have not, no. 
No. I've been to the Well, now you never will. You've been there. Okay. Now I don't have the chance. All right. And again, I I had never been there before, actually, uh, until a few days ago to to take pictures and and see what the demolition was like. But it's it's a really nice uh, complex they have there and, you know, free to go in and and look around. So if you live in in the area, you should uh, go check it out because, uh, you know, it's just, you know, you, you wouldn't think driving through downtown Ansonia that there'd be something like that. Within, I'll be quiet, you elitist minutes. punk. It's fine. It's a backhanded compliment. But, uh, yeah, anyway. So now that uh, the this podcast has grinded to a halt, <clears throat> let's talk more. Casey, please, get us out of... We're going down the, the wormhole uh, of... Uh, isn't it amazing what people read, though? Like, does that... It is amazing. Because people always say they want an inspirational stories, and uh, we do feature stories. We have a News by You section. We have a We Love the Valley section. Like when we do uh, a, you know, a story that's just feel good, we, we try to market as such so, so people know. But uh, the stories that really get read, not, qu- not quite so, uh, so positive. And the other thing, a lot of times what people will say, we'll see it on our Facebook page, which is why like uh, 2016 journalism is so cool, even though the whole industry is dying. You get, such, you get in- instant reaction from people. So I remember we did a story about a, a gentleman who suffered a seizure in Ansonia. He fell into like a little brook and two teenagers uh, got him out. Right. You know? and yeah. Good for them. They, they saved the guy. Until, you know, EMS arrived and they, they dragged the guy out. And, and the responders had made it a point to be like, hey, those kids... You know, so I try. I ran after them and blah blah blah. But then people were like, "We want more stories like this." And I'm like, "Well, no. That means more people have to have seizures <laughs> and fall into water. No, yeah. it's not really." So I don't know. It's just one of those weird things that we observe as uh, lowly reporters. <laughs> but anyway, relay for life. Right. So we keep Let's talking, uh, and just to throw it out there, we uh, we keep talking about how to find us, and we've said Google and Facebook and. All that stuff. But actually, this year, I went ahead and I built us a website. Uh, so if you visit us online at nvrelay.org, uh, that is our Naugatuck Valley Relay for Life website. You'll find all the information on the website there. Uh, just keep in mind, I'm a volunteer updating it. So uh, <laughs> updates may be a little slow here and there. But the information is certainly there. And it will redirect you to the American Cancer Society's website if you're interested in purchasing a luminaria, making a donation, registering a team, becoming a sponsor. All that great information is there. Yeah, are you uh, still looking for teams? I mean, uh, is- absolutely. Okay. We'll, you know, we'll be looking for teams un- until the until the last minute, you know, and and um, we we will never ever turn anyone away. We'll we'll make some accommodation and we've had people in years past and even this year who are really interested in being involved, not sure they want to take on a team, and, and we'll go ahead and find them a team to join. Um, you know, again, that family atmosphere, that family mentality. You know, we'll we'll find a team for you to be a part of. You know, you don't have to necessarily be a, a family member or to know these people at all. You'll you'll become our family, and and we're happy to find people teams to join or help them join or start their own team but it, it can be a daunting task to start your own team hmm. you know you have a tent that you have to worry about and decorations and there's an event theme and our event theme this year is board games um, and what so does that everyone, mean like explain to me like how's uh, the so board every game everything we do like decorations for the event our entertainment for the event it all kind of surrounds this theme um, so each team uh, is setting up their tent 
uh, in in kind of in celebration, I guess, of of whatever board game they've chosen. So, and then the whole field is set up as a Monopoly field or Monopoly board game. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah, it's a, it's you, really how, cool. How do you come up with something like that? What is uh, that? we voted on it? Actually, we had a a little Survey Monkey poll that went out there of we had classic movies was one. Um, land of dinosaurs or something was another there you know there's some pretty creative themes stuff that people throw out there and then we we let the past participants team captains and committee members vote and we landed on board games yeah that's creative it just makes me i I have no uh the whole world is smarter and more creative than Mm. i am that's amazing (laughs) we have uh we have a phenomenal entertainment committee uh that's chaired by mary nunez yeah i was going to ask you like to, to sort of talk if you could walk us through the event uh, a little bit. I mean, obviously, I know the the, the luminaries. Uh, you know, I photographed that in years past, and when the the track is walked. But what? I mean, it's sort of a. What are some other things that happen uh, during Dur- the you event? Mean day of. Day, yeah, it, or however you want to answer. Yeah. So um, day of, you know, we start with opening ceremonies, and um, again, the kind of the flagship of our event are our our survivors and caregivers, and we put a lot of focus into them. So we start with know survivor's lap a caregiver's lap and and we you know really take the time to make sure that these people feel welcomed and comfortable and um, you know they're at home during the event because that's where we want them to feel and we, you know, we want them to be uh, comfortable there um, and then we go on and and throughout the day there's different activities and there's you said there's an entertainment committee. So what are some yeah, of the things? Yeah, so like the entertainment, last year we did a water balloon fight and we did uh, you know, a watermelon eating contest and they do game of kickball and square dancing and line dancing and Zumba and you know, we have bands and a DJ. And you know, so everyone um, on the entertainment committee has some type of idea. And, and as you said, they're far more creative than I could ever hope to be in there. It's just a great group of people, and uh, they put in a ton of effort. And even day of, the poor entered. I mean, every member of the committee, but the, you know, the entertainment committee kind of stands out because they're they're kind of in the public spotlight hmm. through the entire event. Because if somebody's looking for something to do or rounding the corner for their next lap, they're looking at the entertainment committee for their. Um, we gave them a lap counter, so they're able to track how many laps each team has walked, and that's all done by the entertainment committee so they really have no downtime I, you know <laughs> those those poor people are running from you know i watched mary last year run from the stage back to the entertainment tent to her team's tent back to the stage to make another announcement and then over here to to get something you know to get supplies and then back to the entertainment so she was running last year it's like a relay um, within a relay yeah it's a relay <laughs> within a relay and uh and then the relays are actually happening the whole time or that happens overnight or explain so that. that's actually one of the biggest misconceptions and one of the battles that we fight um well, i'm glad i brought it up then. <laughs> yeah uh a lot of people think you know we say you know it's relay for life they're like oh who are you racing <laughs> and there is no race um the whole concept behind the relay for life is that uh, as our uh, folks that are battling cancer don't have the option if, if it's raining, they can't not go to chemo. You know, if they don't feel well for the day, they don't not go to chemo. Um, you know, they're not taking a break from treatment, so we don't take a break from walking. Um, so the, the whole kind of push is to have one member of your team at minimum on the track 
from start to finish, from the first lap to the very last lap through the night. Um, you know, all night long, you have somebody walking, and and that's a true testament, really, to what this event is about. Is to, you know, um, be a one eye, kind of one bloodshot eye looking out at three o'clock in the morning, especially from our committee members who are just at that point we're all, you know, kind of on the downswing and uh, you know, and rallying and and having that cup of coffee or jumping into the kickball game to to get yourself a little bit more energy but people are constantly walking around that track which is just it's awesome mm-hmm. um and then you know we wrap up our day with a few ceremonies that are are great you know during the evening that night um we have the luminaria ceremony that you had mentioned uh where we light the luminaria bags and we um you know, we we do that list we kind of read off the ceremony list of our survivors and um, and those who have, have lost their battle. Um, it's a great, it's a move. I shouldn't say great, uh, but it's a moving, very moving experience. Mm-hmm. I, uh, last year I, I was, you know, a few weeks out from losing my uncle to cancer right prior to the event. Um, so for me, it was, it was, um, I, I just kind of sat in the middle of the field and did my thing during that ceremony. It's very, very moving for people. Um, and and hats off to the folks who do that ceremony uh, and who stand up there and read the names and, and put together the slideshow for us and, and organize the luminary bags. And, you know, it's just it's a cr- huge undertaking. Uh, but again, something that they're more than passionate about doing. Mm-hmm. And let's uh, we'll, we'll slide into one of our regular features. But I want you to uh, if you have any upcoming events like i know in, in years past like it seemed like the dew drop which i live near the dew drop in uh over in derby they were always doing something so maybe if you could uh uh promote some events that are that, that are yeah, going to be absolutely. happening uh in, in one second uh and i'll give you time to pull out whatever you need to pull out technology wise to do that while ethan and i go over this week in history ethan from the Pages of the old Evening Sentinel via the Derby Historical Society website, derbyhistorical.org. Here's This Week in History. Monday, April 25th, 1910. Heavy rain deluges the area for about an hour. Over an inch falls in a short period of time. In Ansonia, some sidewalks are under two inches of water. Yeah, you're going to have to handle this alone. i got to look for a Wi-Fi password. Hold on, so oh, keep going. Out. In Shelton, many autos are seen traveling between downtown Shelton and Bridgeport along River Road. April 18th, 1935. In Derby, a 25-year-old Yale law student flying an airplane on one of his first solo flights flies low to observe the Yale rowing team. He ends up crashing the airplane into high-tension electrical wires over the Housatonic River, just below the Bob Cook Boathouse. The plane nosedives into the river. The Yale head coach, Ed Leader, rescues him with the Bula motorboat. The pilot is uninjured other than exposure to the water. The wires bring power from the Devon power plant to interior Connecticut, and one of them snaps in half and falls into the water. While the lights flicker in Derby, further north there are power failures starting in Seymour and radiating as far as Hartford and Torrington. 
According to the Evening Sentinel, this is the first airplane crash in Derby's history. Oh, my foot it is. Sentinel. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to find, I'll interrupt for a second. I was trying to find the, uh, the Wi-Fi password for our guest. But this office is such a mess right now. It's written on a, a, a paper dinner plate somewhere. Yeah, I think but didn't, didn't we change it at one point? I, I'm not sure. Because Comcast, oh, I don't want to badmouth Comcast because it'll well, shut this thing down in five minutes. But I can't even podcast begin. podcast will, will end in the, in the middle of it. Right, right. And we'll all get like electric shocks through our ears because Comcast is all-knowing and all-evil. Uh, a day later, the, uh, the Sentinel followed up, April 19th, 1935. The wrecked airplane is pulled out of the river by a wrecker from a nearby garage and is damaged further during the salvage attempt. Despite several Yale students guarding it, local children descend on the plane, stripped almost everything movable off of it, what? even pieces of the wings. Come on, kids. Local, ch- local children. <laughs> when, the, when the young pilot realizes the airframe is damaged beyond salvage, what he up, removes Yale-y? the engine. Yeah. It was this Prescott Bush? Like, who was this guy? Then leaves the rest of the plane to be picked clean by souvenir hunters. So that was interesting. Uh, a little more recently, this week in history, April 22nd, 2010, a new scoreboard at the city of Derby's baseball field comes courtesy of the Derby Police Department Union. The officers' union ponied up about $4,200 to purchase the sign recently installed at the baseball field within the Leo F. Ryan Sports Complex off Chatfield Street. It's been some time since the scoreboard, since a scoreboard graced the the field, Red Raiders outfield, said Derby police officer Gino DeMauro III. You know, Ethan, I can't help but notice you tripped over that prose a little bit there. Did you, I mean, I thought that was pretty well written. I'm not sure why you're having such problems with it. It's, fr- it's Friday. That's why. I was going to say, I wrote that in no. 2010. That's a no. me story. It's probably unedited. Good job. Huh? Uh, where's, my, where's my award for that? That's good. The scoreboard's still there. It's still going, uh, it's still going quite nicely up there. So did you want to, uh, uh, are you still looking up your stuff there, Casey? We can no, go to good. another. All right, yeah, so let's, let's go back to our conversation about the, the Relay for Life, and I, I'm sorry for not getting you the Wi-Fi password. I probably That's should, all right. have, should have thought of that beforehand. Uh, but what are some, like, yeah, where can people go for some of these events and raise some money for the Relay for Life? Um, so, again, you know, visit our website because day in and day out, uh, these these wonderful volunteers, these wonderful teams have new fundraisers that they're they're posting, uh, and for a lot of these, you do need uh, some type of documentation. So, for example, on May fourth, wait, you said I got to bring my driver's license to these things? What are you? No, talking? no, 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 no. no. Uh, on uh, on May fourth, from eleven thirty in the morning until nine p.m. at Bartucci's in Shelton, one of our teams, Got Hope, is hosting a fundraiser there. Uh, and you do need a flyer when you go. You need to have the uh, the flyer that's produced by Bertucci's or Chili's. We know we have one coming up at Chili's. And where, where do um, I get the uh, documentation? How so do if I you get go to nvrelay.org, say it again on our website, nvrelay.org, uh, all the information is there. You can actually click on the event and then the fundraising calendar, and you'll see there's actually a calendar there that lists uh, as many fundraising events as as we get on there. Uh, some of them happen, kind of. A little quickly for us, some of them are consistent <laughs> online fundraisers from uh, Yankee Candle to Village Candle to um, uh, 
the the Tupperware. I'm I'm drawing a blank yeah, here. Yeah, you could never think of it. Right, when you're there's absolutely so many uh, fundraisers that our folks. Hey, are that's doing. a great problem Pampered to have. Chef, I think is Pampered one of okay. them. Yeah. If you can't remember, you, know, you lose track of how many uh, fundraisers or yeah me, entities. Like, you, that that's a good problem to have. Our uh, one of so. our teams, Brigade for a Cure, is hosting a fundraiser uh, at Chili's uh, on Bridgeport Ave in Shelton. Uh, Tuesday, May 17th from 5 to 10 p.m. And again, you need the flyer. Uh, they don't, Chili's is donating 10% of the sales during that time frame to our event. Uh, so just, there's a ton of stuff uh, that's going on. Uh, again, our Facebook page, Naugatuck Valley, uh, Relay for Life of Naugatuck Valley, I should say, um, has all of that information. And facebook.com slash Relay for Life NV is that web address so there's a, a ton of information and you know awesome every day like i said every day these these awesome volunteers are just coming up with new ways to to fundraise and um, yeah i found in, in years past i would try to share uh, uh relay for life stuff and there was so much it was impossible to keep track mm -hmm. of and then i i had the realization that you guys don't need the press it's a massive event. It's bigger than any press. They could do a New York Times story every day. You'd still get the same massive turnout and massive support, which is great. Yeah. One of the biggest things um, that we're looking for, especially this year, which is why this opportunity is so great for us, um, is really the education on the fact that, you know, it's, it's, we're not running. <laughs> um, oh, so you know, that it's what are some other misconceptions? A, what, 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 well, what? I think that's the biggest one. I think people are very confused when you say relay for life, you know, they think marathon, they think some type of baton oh. being handed off. Usain and, Bolt. And, gotcha. Right. And out, 5k. Right. They think we're running around the field in some type of competition and, and that's not. You know, that's not what Relay for Life is. The it's, relay part is symbolic to, to sort of physicalize the, 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 the struggle and the endurance it takes when you're dealing with this disease. Absolutely. And, and it's that relay sense is that, you know, keep somebody on the track for the entire event. Uh, rain or shine. You know, if it starts to rain, we don't stop walking. Did it um, rain last year? I, I kind of remember it, like... I think it may have drizzled okay. for a brief period, but we, we stayed pretty dry last year. We had, a, we had a great weekend for the event, and fingers crossed... Knock Shelton Day is when it always rains, it seems. That is true. Is it? Or whenever we buy a booth anywhere. <laughs> the few times we've done that to sell a couple of coffee mugs for dinner. Any City of Shelton event where it's rain or shine, like it'll probably rain that day. Like just it seems like you know, one the thing, fates. And we only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, we should say where this takes place. It's it's on Canal Street. It's at the Riverwalk mm. in Shelton, which is just a great public beautiful, space. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful space. Yeah. Talk about that. I mean, it was, of course, a factory at one point. It burned yeah, down. Yeah, you consider, yeah, yeah. What an amazing reuse of the land there. What's it like when the sun comes up there? I mean, you're at Relay for Life. You're, you've been up all night. It's obviously emotional. It's obviously inspirational. What's it like in the morning at that spot? And you're right <laughs> on the Housatonic River. So I'm laughing because I don't remember sunrise <laughs> last year. Um, that's how long we were going, and and at the it point, all becomes a blur. Yeah, at the point where the sun was rising, I think it was just one big blur of, you know, is everyone safe? Mm -hmm. Did everyone enjoy the event? And everybody, pick up your trash, please. <laughs> like, don't leave anything here. Uh, you know, leave it as we found it, kind of deal. Um, so it's a, but it is, it's an absolutely beautiful space. Um, you know the, the the sunset over the over the river and just everything and and the, it's funny because we have the site selection. Our teams get to choose their site in kind oh. of a uh, in kind of a raffle setting, if you okay, will. Okay. And uh, 
it's it's people are very particular about where their tent goes because you know we have teams that always want the river and we have teams that don't want the river they want street side or they want you know so it's a it's an interesting that's ordeal to pa- to pick those sites but how about right, when you how about, site. how about when you like what's it like when it's when it's over and now you is there and you've got some time to to process it is there like a a decompression that happens when you you've done all this work and and then it's over absolutely um what's that feel like you know last year after i moved the cans of red bull mm-hmm. off the driver's seat um i was <laughs> able to you know head home and i thought you were gonna say just, then you then you reported for another right, report for shift. another shift and i made sure i took the next day off as i did this year um but it's a wonderful opportunity and just to see you know the, these volunteers never stop and and you know i keep talking about this family and, the, and these groups and you know right down to the wire of of picking up that last piece of garbage tying off that last trash bag and and hucking it in the dumpster and you know making sure that the field is the way that we left it we kind of just stand in the middle of the field and you know looked at each other and we were like okay see you in a week (laughs) when we start planning (laughs) next year the next one and it's like all right you you know you have (laughs) everybody get their downtime in now because once we start we're gonna start it up so it's a it's, it's powerful it is because you watch this event unfold and last year in some I, I don't know if I was having an absent seizure or some genius uh, event there but I climbed up to the uh, top of the uh, fire department's ladder truck and kind of got a view um, oh, and wow. I actually have some pictures I can show you guys if you want to throw them up on the website yeah, yeah definitely um, but I got a view of the entire event and people walking and we spell out hope in the field by standing you know, in those letters. And, and it's just so powerful to see all these people. And, and you know, er, like I said, everyone from survivors to caregivers to volunteers, to people that are walking off the street because they see a crowd, mm. you know, to figure out what, what's going on down there. Um, it's just, it's crazy to, to then see it back to the dew-covered grass and the sun rising and, everything's gone <laughs> you know all the you know all that's left is the bare bones of the the tents that we that we you know that we set up not the team tents but mm-hmm. the event tents and that that bare bone structure of what was this amazing and massive event okay yeah that, and if you want to get involved in this uh, and listeners i mean uh it's saturday june 11th uh 2 p.m the relay for life in the valley it's at the sh- it's at the Shelton Riverwalk, and that's 118 Canal Street. And uh, I just want to thank you, Casey, for for coming by. You know, one of the great things about this podcast concept is just meeting people and talking to them. You know, and uh, it inspires us the the amount of people that we we cycle through this office and have talked to us on the air. So I can't thank you enough for for taking the time and well, doing what you do. I really I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's a really a great opportunity for for the event. And th- Thank you for being a paramedic. Although I, hopefully neither of us will ever run into you in, in that respect. Meet yes. you in that capacity, but I appreciate it. All right, everybody, that's it for Valley Naval Gazing. We will talk to you next week.